1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And also our YouTube's going quite well, so please subscribe there if you want to see us visually and look at uh, Bailey's look like Chris Kamara this week. <laughs> you can do. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Hello, everybody. And as we say, the uh, Chris Kamara lookalike, Dan Bayliss, with his headset on. Just explain that one, Dan. I haven't got my normal nice noise-cancelling headphones. Oh, I am I on the... Uh, I thought you got them to be the wing-back correspondent. I've, I've got a proper microphone, so it won't sound rubbish, but I'll keep this here just for dramatic <laughs> video effects. Just for the visuals. Uh, perfect. Well, on the day the planets aligned this week, Wolves' stars failed to shine against Burnley at Turf Moor. Been writing that all morning. You liked that, didn't you? Uh, that's why I'm on the big bucks. Uh, <laughs> Harry, let's go through that team, because I think everybody was sort of looking at it and going, that's a bit of a gamble, and it turned out to be a bit of a gamble. 
it was uh, it was a what the hell moment for me when I seen the team drop. Uh, Otasawi, they had him down as in midfield with Pedence and Neto up front, but it, it felt like at times he was actually up front. No Marcel, no Bolly. Kilmer on the right side of a back five. It just shocked me, mate. I, I was said last week I wanted us to play a back four. We didn't. We played a five away at Burnley. And it didn't work. Um, I love Nuno. He's the messiah. He's been brilliant for us. But I think he's made a big mistake there. And I think his team lineup, which started that game, has cost us the result there. I really do. Kilman, Cody, Sace at the back. No no place for Bolly and uh, Aitan Nori coming in for Marcel as well. I'm guessing that they've taken some knocks and just haven't got the players to fill the bench. I think that's what Nuno was sort of um, looking at post-match. Yeah, yeah, I think that must be the case, really. And when you lose players like like Bolly and also Dendonka against a big physical team like Burnley, you're you're gonna uh, struggle really in some areas. We started quite brightly, I thought. I was quite impressed. We, uh, first fifteen minutes, um, we we did all right, and then it just just didn't click at all. I think especially after we we led in the, the first goal, and you know you saw it. We just didn't know how to play against even stuff like long balls. But Burnley completely did a job on us. We're much the better team. I was actually surprised we even managed to score at the end. I know it was by virtue of a penalty, but I think two 0 Burnley would have been a more than fair scoreline based on that. And it's just I know it's football's a funny old game but to just go from that performance against Chelsea to then change that many things whether they be forced or unforced um, against Burnley and just just not perform it's just just disappointing and you can be a fan I know Twitter was obviously going into overload and saying uh, people calling for Nuno's head and stuff like that but on the other hand I think we've all got to say that I think Nuno did get it wrong that that night and just because you can say he got it wrong on this occasion and he's got it wrong in the past. He's got to have a bit of faith in him to pull it pull it out of the bag like he normally does, but it's just inconsistency and it was a, a worrying performance. And yeah, the team selection was just a bit strange and it, it, given the injuries or, or not, I think it, there was just things that were just a bit strange. And like I said, the Otisawi thing was, although he played well, but then to put him basically up front is strange. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. Let's go over live to our wing-back correspondent, Dan <laughs> Bayliss. Dan, how are the wing-backs looking? Weak. Weak is the only word I can use to sum up the performance at Burnley. Burnley, as Jack said, did an absolute job on us. Brilliant by them. I thought we looked good first 10, 15 minutes. You thought, oh, we're going to get one here and that'll be the game over with and we'll run away with it. Burnley held firm. Our efforts were half decent, but slightly tame. And then... Did what they did. They've got. They've basically got eleven big bastards who can head everything, outmuscle everybody, and they did the job. You saw it coming. Wood went for an overhead kick that Say sort of nudged him off. You thought, oh, there's the first sign of trouble. They're whipping balls into the box, and then they lump one in, and he gets to it at the back post. You know, we're playing Say, who isn't the biggest bloke on earth. Eight Nori's a child. No Bolly, <laughs> Cody. You just, you know, there's trouble there against a team like Burnley, and they played fantastically. Fair. You know, three cheers to Burnley. Well done for playing their shit house football. <laughs> three cheers for Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, terrible to watch, but did the job on us. Um, Mason was crap. Nuno's right. Mason's awful, but we know we've known that for years, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, otherwise, very poor by Wolves. Go again. But it'll be classic Wolves, won't it? Lose to Villa, lose to Burnley. Beat Chelsea, beat Spurs. Harry, we'll, we'll come up on some of those points that Dan made there, but the first one being was the uh, physicality of that Wolf side. Obviously, if you take Den Donker and Bolly out of uh, out of the Wolf side, the physicality is pretty much non-existent, really, uh, especially with no Jimenez as well, with that physical presence. It obviously played a part, didn't it? 
It did, yeah, and although the man Otosawi is a big lad, big unit, he got bullied around the shop as well, didn't he? I don't know if you could put that down in experience. It's just, it's clever play from Burnley. They know what they're doing. They took the advantage of Lee Mason as well. You know, they just. I, I did notice, Harry, that Otosawi was a bit nice. He chucked himself in a lot yeah. of tackles. Mm. He's going to get himself in trouble in the Premier League doing that more often. You know, yeah. you can do that yeah. against Burnley's lads because they're big boys, but if you start doing it against the likes of the Twinkle Toes. They'll yeah. soon start rolling around on the floor. Yeah, and on the point of being bullied, that's why... I don't know if Marcel was injured or Bolly was injured, but they're the two you need against Burnley. I know Marcel's like, he's, he's got a bit of a mean streak about him. Him compared to Ait Nori in terms of physical attributes. You put Marcel in, don't you? It just baffled me the whole... The starting lineup. I, I was just scratching my head, and I did. I think I tweeted out like I didn't like the team, but let's trust Nuno. But I was thinking in the back of my head, this has got to go right, else the backlash is going to be harsh, and it was, and deservedly so, because it was a mistake by Nuno. Uh, Jack, obviously, Bailey's mentioned it there. Lee Mason, the referee, Nuno came out after the game uh, and said essentially he wasn't fit to referee. Can't control the players, can't let the game flow, and that impacts decisions. Didn't mention any key decisions as uh, as for him being weak. It's just his overall performance as a referee. And does he have does he have a point? Do you agree with Bayless? Um, I think that well, there weren't any key decisions that spring out like obvious. Um, but this must have kind of been uh, boiling under the surface with Nuno because it's unlike him to comment on referees at all. Yeah. The trouble is though, if he was going to do this and raise it in the public forum, he should have done it after we'd won a game, not after we'd lost a game, and then people would just. Sour grapes. Not immediately dismiss it as being, yeah, sour grapes for that sort of thing. But it's interesting what he said, but maybe he just, there's an issue with the way that, that Mason referees the game, which obviously from the stands or watched on TV, you'd never really know because you can't hear what's being said really. Even when it's empty, you can't hear every word that's being said or how it's, go- or how it's going on. So, um, yeah, maybe he obviously just doesn't like the way that he works really, but the fact that for Nuno to come out and say something like that and stick to his comments as of today, as of a few days yeah. later, yeah. rather than backtrack, uh, even though the FA have called him out on them, shows there probably is something wrong, but um, it probably, I think Nuno said it wasn't the time to do it and I think it's right really, you know, if you want to do that, then make a complaint separately not do it in your post-match interview when you've just basically had a job done on you because people will just dismiss it straight away but uh, yeah maybe there is an issue with it but all round our performance wasn't good enough Um, we didn't create enough going forward I mean Fabio Silva must be scratching his head to wonder why he didn't start when you're playing a midfielder up front and thinking back to just moments like when Neves lost the ball and gave him just a clear cut chance Neves was shocking when he it was just it was just and Ait Nori Ait Nori just always seems to be on the wrong side of his man when he's defending and and yeah. every time and just inexperience and poor team selection, poor all-round performance, um, and Daniel Pones needs to just lay off Instagram when he's annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> just before before we get into uh, Podence of Bayliss, what happens now with with Nuno and the FA? Because it, it almost seems like if you uh, criticise a referee you're going to get fined for it. And it just seems to me like you can't have an opinion in football unless it fits the criteria of the Football Association. Yeah, he'll definitely get fined, won't he? He might even get a match ban or something, but I, I don't know how their punishments work. It's all utter nonsense with the FA, isn't it? We know that. They know that. You know, it, We've seen it in the DAR debacle. If the ref gives a penalty, it's a penalty. If he doesn't, it usually isn't. So the whole thing's all fabricated to suit the, the line of the FA. Do you think he'll keep doing it, Harry? Do you think a fine would put him off? Well, he never does it, so I don't know. Probably not. It was he sticks it, to his morals, doesn't do you he? Think, do you think, the only thing I can think of, right, is Jose Mourinho does this a lot. When when a performance has been that bad, 
Yeah. He'll like try and find a way to deflect the situation onto like the referee or himself. So maybe Nuno was just trying to do something like that. I don't know. Or maybe generally was just sharing his true feelings for once because you can literally script Nuno's post and pre-match press conferences most of the time anyway. So yeah. it was nice to find something a little bit different come out of his mouth, although it will get him a fine, but I'm sure he can afford a 20 grand fine. I'm sure he's got enough money. There were right. three or four players on that pitch that just didn't look like they wanted to be there. Who were they? They, they just looked out of place. Uh, Neves being the first one. Eight Nori had a yeah. bad game. Samedo just—I mean, there's there one incident ding, we're going to talk ding, about. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> there it was, Samedo. There's one incident we're going to talk about, and then Traore. I thought looked weak. In Go on, did talk about the, to... the incident that you. The thing I really didn't Imagine. like, and it's something that really gets my goat, especially when we're playing with wing backs, is when Burnley scored their goal. Samedo had the ball up the pitch, and we got dispossessed in that little one-two with Pedence. When the ball went in the net. Samedo was still in the Burnley attacking half. The guy that got the assist for Burnley started higher up the pitch than Samedo did. So if you're going to play as a wing back, get your fucking arse in gear or piss off back to Spain. <laughs> I d- couldn't Jack bring you on that. Don't, don't go fact, via Calais for goodness sake. The, the fact we let in that goal was not Samedo's fault. Firstly, it was Pony. no, but it's principles, Jack. I like the principle of that. I do like the principle. He should be busting a gut when he's lost the ball to get back. I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to watch it back to actually see how quickly All right, even the Burnley players everyone moves. But <laughs> I did not see that, it. But yeah, I'd, Jack, I've watched it. You've got to trust my word. I'm okay, completely right. right on it. But I also do think that he's just being the scapegoat here because when when the break there was with Ponis and Samedo, you have a go at, po- at Samedo for not getting forward enough. He's got forward this week. Granted, the moves falling apart with. And you're having to but go the whole overall attitude. rather than the other the other eight players who are behind. We the know ball the performance was bad. We it. know the performance was bad, right? We're all happily saying it was a bad Wolves performance. Mm-hmm. No one stuck out, but yeah. it's those little principles that happen in football matches that set the tone, don't they? If you're if if the guy that gets the assist starts further up the pitch than you did, what's your excuse for not getting back? Yeah. Especially you- then as you're playing as wing back. Do you mean like you wish you'd have shown more effort? Because let's be honest, you'd have had to have been like Clark Kent Superman to get back and cover from that distance. But I would have know. rather him sprinted down the pitch, chopped the bloke down just outside the box and got a red card than just waltz back just over the halfway line, which is where he ended up when the ball went in. I suppose that's the point, isn't it, Harry, that you, the, the, the Burnley guy wasn't Clark Kent and managed to get in the box but, before Samedo did that. That's the point. Yeah, but Samedo yeah. had also just darted up the pitch on a counter-attack. It's like, yeah. do you want him to, do to run backwards and forwards? He's just busted a gut to get up there. Now you want him to bust a gut Do- to get back. Doherty, Doherty, Doherty. It, it was a quick counter-attack. He, he'd, have had to, he'd have been some serious effort to cover and get back. It but the Burnley so guy got there and got the assist, Harry. His name's on the yeah, assist was, Yeah, because when you're attacking, it's just easier and it to fly forward. Like He was, he just fell over with Pedence. They were doing a little one-two. That's the attitude you know I mean? then, like, I think If that's the Wolves' that's attitude harsh. of our wing-backs, then we're going to lose a lot of games and concede a lot of goals on the counter. What about Kilman and that covering? Yeah. Why yeah. not blame them? Why didn't they stop the cross? Why I'm didn't... not just blaming him specifically for the loss, but I'm saying it's those little things. Eight Nori weakness when, the, when Barnes heads it into the net, do you know what I mean? You can't just sing out Samedo when he was 80 yards up the pitch and the lads in the box could have cleared it away for an header. There are a lot of things that went wrong but I'm talking about the attitude of football and the attitude of footballers and for me, what I saw there is really unacceptable. Uh, Charlie Taylor was the uh, Burnie player by the way just so uh, just so you know. Um, I mentioned in the group, uh, I've felt it for a long time now, I've taken stats over three seasons, Ruben Neves is becoming a passenger for Wolves Dan, you disagreed. I'll start with you because I want to go around the group with this. I did to start with, but I noticed he had a very bad game. Uh, so over the three seasons, 35 games in, in the uh, first season since promotion, four goals, three assists. 
Uh, 38 games last season, two goals, two assists. 13 appearances this season, no goals, no, no assists. What would you say constitutes a passenger if it isn't those stats? I think he's been weaker than he has been. I still think he's done good things. I, I've seen positive things from him, but you are right. He hasn't popped up with goals. He hasn't really... I haven't seen him in that position where he unleashes those vicious shots. I mean, Spears went on about something about how he hit one against Burnley, but I thought it was a pretty tame effort, to be honest, compared to a normal Ruben Neves. I think the example of it for me is the goal he scored against Sheffield Wednesday away, where he almost gets it 25 yards out and passes it into the corner of the net. Yes. That's the Neves that you want to see. He hasn't really done that yet and then he's you know the one against Man United last year at Molyneux yeah because I mean that, that Sheffield Wednesday one was in the championship three years mm. ago so mm. I, he's going through a quiet spell but the point the, the question was raised I think Aaron raised it didn't he is that is that Ruben Neves or is it Nuno I think um, he's playing too deep isn't he let's be honest That's his. that just seems to be his role now in the championship he'd always be lingering on the edge of the box and sometimes in the beginning of his Premier League era too and his free kicks were good which I don't know what's happened to them either all his worldies mainly have been in the championship it's it's very strange it, he hasn't you can count on one hand in the last few months how many good performances he's had he's, like you say Sam it's, it's quite a harsh word passenger but I can't really argue against it because he's been really really disappointing and I think I'd drop him and keep playing Dent Dunker and Matino if they're both fit over him which is sad to say because he has been so good over the the first few years he was with us. I think he's, yeah, just a bit stagnant, but you said the magic word then, free kicks, but we, we've got to talk about our set pieces, man, and our corners, uh, because what is going on there? We have just got no oh, threat, whether short. it be from a set piece. A, every corner, we're the only team who must take more short corners than they do just whip the ball in the box. Oh. And we, se- we, send, we send the defenders up. We, we're sending Cody up now, and we're sending up, you know, Bolly, usually, or Kilman, whoever it might be playing. And then we piss around, we take a short corner. Burnley had obviously got done their homework because they're not stupid. Every team's going to do their homework and see, though, they like short corners. So there's two men there straight away, maybe encroaching a little bit on where they should be. We try and change the angle, but by the time we've done that, it's either gone back to the defence or the chance has gone. And we don't learn from it. You repeat it and we do it again. And then we'll do it again. We think, what should we do now? Should we whip it in? Granted, we had the, the smallest two uh, bloody centre uh, Pendonetto and, yeah. and opponents probably the smallest two attacking players you know who were technically playing up front didn't help but you still eventually when you take a short corner you're going to have to whip it in the box at some point so why not just try and whip it in the box more than we do is it because we haven't got people who can head is it because we hate the angle that much or we have not got a proper free kick uh, free kick and corner taker when, when did we last score from a set piece oh I don't know um, a header so like, you know you Sheffield should, United like, we'll first game Sace header yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what did we and do that's then? The did team we, that did... currently sit on one point, and that points. wasn't a short corner. They just whipped it in first we time. It in? Yeah. Um, but it's just starting to wind everybody up, man. I mean, it gets down to like the dying minutes, and you're thinking, right, everyone up, just get the ball in the box, and we still take it short when we're chasing the game in injury time. <laughs> it's like what well, I don't understand what we're trying to achieve. If if we scored one out of every three, you'd have the patience with it, but we score. We're a team who it takes twice as many chances to score a normal goal anyway, and on a short corner, we we have. When was the last time we scored a goal from a short corner? Do you, do you know what the realization is here, Jack? Is that the only ball that's been whipped in for the bloke this year he scored, and it was Connor Cody for England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. But it's just it's just starting to wind people up, man. We need to have better set piece routines because at the moment people are just going to give us a corner because they know I'm gone. It'll just end up back with their centre, whoever's covering at centre back in the middle of the park just end back with them if we close them down quickly enough 
because it's just it's just shocking and not good enough and that's my little rant let's talk about spurs because it it's always a tasty game against spurs and that you know there's going to be a little bit of beef from the last time we were there obviously turning around the uh from one nil down uh to win that one obviously won the season before actually on the, i think from memory on the same date of uh, the first season back in the premier league and it, w- it was at wembley um I'm guessing this is all going to be pretty much injury permitting, isn't it, Harry? Because it's not looking good for Bolly. It's not looking good for Dendonka. It's not looking good for Marcel either. Um, wh- where do you go from from that Burnley defeat? Because there's there's not really many changes in there that, that you can make, and and that's mostly down to injuries. Yeah, and I, I saw Nuno was quoted as saying as like his worrying moments for us and that, which is not really good to hear because I think he's even he's realising how bad it is at the moment, but. For a start, you've got to start Fabio Silva. We're not having Atosawi play up front again. And maybe start Traore, although he frustrated the life of me as well when he came on against Burnley. He ignored Samedo. Yeah. Samedo is overlapping and giving him an option just to lay down the line so he could cross it. He just was ignoring him. He ignores everyone no, at the best of time. He knows what happened, Aaron. Oh, yeah, lovely. Just... Uh, but yeah, maybe start um, Traore, although he's meant to be going to Leeds, isn't he? So if he's not at Leeds, <laughs> Leeds. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm worried about Spurs. Like, I had. I didn't think we'd beat Chelsea, but I had a little bit of optimism. I ain't even got an inch of optimism of us beating Spurs. I'm really haven't, especially if we play like we did against Burnley. Uh, let's go to Dan. Mm. Yeah. Any changes? I mean, would you would you look at dropping Tomato, going to four at the back against Tottenham, or do we need we to just do can't, five? We can't play with Tomato and eight Nori. I don't know what Marcel's doing, whether he's fit or not, but we cannot play eight Nori and Tomato again. It's just not working, is it? We is just... it time for Hoover? What it's time for? Someone's got to clean up. We're in trouble. <laughs> uh, thank you. And good night. Uh, Jack, uh, I guess uh, just uh, the front. Is it going to be a front three or a front two to begin with? What are you thinking on that? Or one? <laughs> I, I think go back to when it looked all right, and the last time it probably looked, you know, fairly decent is when we're playing with. Um, with Fabio Silva because if you, get, if you need somebody in that position you need a striker I know we're a team who plays with one striker but you can't play with no strikers because you're not going to score scored now confidence should be high so I think you've got to if you're going to play play the, the front three and go for it because even against you know Liverpool Neto and Podence did create chances towards the start so I think you've got to go with that really Harry middle and- of the pack Matinho Neves I think you've got I, I would I'd drop Neves yeah. Out of that, uh, I'd play Otisawi because I've seen I've seen good things. And yeah, and also of Otisawi, it put him in the middle, and it, he likes to go forward, yeah. which Neves don't. So maybe he's a bit more positive and actually drive forward through the, mid- the middle of the, f- the field, whereas Neves sits right in front of Cody most of the time and just does what Cody can do anyway. So yeah, I'd play Otisawi and like Matinho maybe. And then it's, it's, it will be most likely Kilman and Sace, and it just just because of the injuries. Well, the, well, well, Bolly was on the bench the night, which is what I don't get. Because if you're injured, if you're on the bench, you well, you're I agree. To, to play, aren't you really? So you'd. But his com- in his comments today, he was sort of saying along the lines of, "We haven't got enough players to fill the fill the bench." There were there were players on the bench that weren't able to play, so I'm guessing that it would have been the first teamers. You know, the dead certs, the ones that play every week. Willie Bolly is obviously going to be one of those. I'd say Marcel, based on Aiden Norris' performance ever since he scored against Palace, uh, they they're. They're dead on start, aren't they? Um, it'd be interesting to see what he does because he, uh, he has to do something and he's always changed it after a defeat in the past. So um, let's do a score prediction, Harry. 
four nil Spurs. <laughs> well, that that's unbelievable because I'm going four nil Spurs. Uh, have we got three four nil Spurs? <laughs> No, to be fair, Jack, you'd rarely get them wrong, no, so um, no. listen with bated breath. I don't think it'll be that bad, but I think it's going to be more like they'll come do a job on us, so I'm going to go 2 Four one Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> 2 nil Spurs. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'm obviously going to go 2 on Wolves. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, hello, betting fans. Got some interesting odds for you this week. We're not particularly optimistic, but... If you want to have a look, one nil Pedro Neto, thirty-three to one. There's a a sixty to one on Fabio Silva, Wolves two nil. Harry Kane to score first, Tom to win two nil, thirty-three to one. And the absolute no hoper, as always, is three one Wolves. Nelson Semedo to score first, seven hundred to one. Uh, perfect. Um, Jack, any any ticket news? Have you bought any tickets to anywhere? Um, no, I don't think many people will be buying any tickets to go anywhere anytime soon, given yeah. everywhere's going to be in tier four in the new year, probably. So, um, no, uh, apart from Liverpool. My boss had just printed off his uh, his rugby tickets uh, to watch Bristol Bears and uh, had to was ripping them up as uh, Matt Hancock was stood in the comments. So, um, let's have a look at December. It's been a weird year. It's going to be an even stranger end to the year, and we still don't really know what's going to happen. In terms of the December, obviously the four 0 loss to Liverpool, uh, the one 0 loss to Villa, beat Chelsea, lose to Burnley. Two games left of this year. Obviously, we've mentioned Tottenham. Um, just very quickly, how many points out of Tottenham and the next game that's against Manchester United away, Harry? I mean, the obvious answer is zero in it, but let's be optimistic <laughs> and say we'll lose to Spurs and draw to Man United. Maybe let's just be a li- have a little bit of hope. One point. Can we save December, Bayless? No, we focus on beating the teams to stay in that mid-table pack now. So, no more points this year, unfortunately. No more points this year. Uh, Jack? Um, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a big fat zero. Was it last month that Nuno got the Manager of the Month award? Was that for November? It's a yep. curse. Shocker. It strikes again. <laughs> I mean, granted, our, our December was very tough on paper but we knew that already but I think the performances against Burnley and losing to Villa no, it's not good enough I'll be honest with you it's not good enough so I'm not I'm not overly pleased about it uh, that could all be turned around if we get six points by in these next two games I forget all about it but it ain't gonna happen uh, so I would say say there's three points out of the next two games so six points out of a possible what was it 15 mm-hmm. or more than that 15. One, two, three, four, five, Liverpool. six. no 18 Liverpool, Villa, Chelsea. Liverpool, Villa, oh, yeah. 18. Yeah. Chelsea, Burnley, Tottenham. Would would six points out of 18? When you looked at those fixtures, I mean, a, a lot of people would have said probably six points, but they would have come against Burnley and Villa, and uh, those have been two losses. Mm. Well, I think we said that before this run, we said seven, didn't we, most of us? Two wins and a I draw we'd have been happy with because... yeah. Oh, you said Ford, Bailey. I think I said seven then, yeah. So it's a tough run, isn't it? I said four and I'm going to be wrong and too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're disappointing, I suppose. Wow. Uh, let's have a look at the team of the year, though. Obviously, uh, December sees the end of 2020. Uh, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher have done their team of the year. Uh, not surprising, it's mostly full of Liverpool players, but also a couple of Tottenham players in there you probably can't argue with those anyway let's go through it uh, Alisson Trent 
Van Dyke, Robertson, De Bruyne, Henderson, Fernandez, Salah, Kane, Son. Connor Cody is in there as well. Um, few eyebrows were raised, weren't they, Harry? But I think, really, if you look at the stats, we love to do that. And, um, you know, seventh place finish in the uh, Premier League, quarterfinals of the Europa League, England debut, first England goal, big... Um, big presence in the England dressing room as well that started this season it's not been a bad 2020 for Conor Cody yeah it, it has been it's probably been the best year of his career hasn't it let's be honest and I think it helps he's like pretty much best mates with Jamie Carragher as well I think that yeah, helps that does help it does, <laughs> yeah does, does but help. no on paper he does deserve it um, he's got the odd howler in him as we know but I think he's quite a popular character now, isn't he? Because of his interviews on Sky and things like that. I think the neutral fan probably look at Cody and think, yep, I like him. And I saw again, off the back of this news, we're discussing about the team of the year. I keep seeing the Liverpool rumours keep popping back up, but the way he performed against Liverpool, I bet Klopp's thinking, no, thank you. You can keep him. (laughs) After seeing him set up Salah for one of their goals. So... Um, there was some actually, Jack. I think you put it out, didn't you? There's some of the analysis of Jordan Henderson and the way that he plays the ball is just completely different to anybody else. The way that he opens up his body to look like he's going wide and it completely catches the centre backs, the opposition off, and Salah's there running in. And did you were you buying it or not? Was I buying the analysis? I mean, he nearly won Sports Personality, didn't he? His price absolutely yeah. tumbled. Is one thing I did watch, um, which would have, would have been a strange one. Um, so, so I suppose going back to the point about Connor Cody, does he deserve to be in there? I, I mean, yeah, I, let's give him a break. The, I think he's had, particularly since the restart, I think he's done really well. The fact I wasn't really angry with him about that mistake at Liverpool shows he's, he's played well and, and, and done well, really. Team of the year in the Premier League might be a bit of a stretch and maybe it does have something to do with, with Jamie Carragher. Um, but... Yeah, you know, fair, fair play to him. But the thing that I worry about now is looking at us and where we are on the table. It's so congested in mid-table. I'd be gutted if we go on a bad run, we end up finishing about 15th and then he doesn't get in the England squad because our performances yeah. as a team haven't been good enough. I mean, saying that, Tyra Mings was getting him when Villa were rock bottom, wasn't he? So it, I suppose it depends and South Bank does true. like him. But that's that's my concern. South Bank? <laughs> what? You're missing the stadium. You called him South Bank (laughs) instead of Southgate. (laughs) You're missing the stadium, son. You're missing Molyneux. (laughs) Oh, that's the... (laughs) Gareth Southgate for the record. (laughs) Uh, Bayliss, would would you agree with that team of the year? Is there anyone else that you you think would um, swap in? I can't be asked to even talk about it, to be perfectly honest. It's filling filling some clickbait, isn't it? So get on with it. Do what I want. I don't care. I want us to play well on the pitch. That's all I care about. I know. Um, sorry, Sam. Just to hop on the uh, host seat here. I know we brief. I briefly mentioned it earlier. But any of you worried about Traore going to Leeds or not? If no. they pay us seventy million, he can go anywhere. He can go seventy. He can give us. He can go we anywhere ain't he wants. Seventy for him, man. We ain't getting seventy. I don't think he'd go to Leeds, would he? We can't take oh. less than forty. Sensibly. I think he's mm. unhappy, and the problem is when he's unhappy, is he comes on and he tries to prove a point. And the point is just, I'm going to take everybody on. Not pass. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And especially when, like Burnley the night, there was just two men, two and three men on him straight away. He's slowly turning into the Traore of the first season in the Premier League, isn't he? We need last season's Traore back. Yeah, totally yeah. This, do. This is meant to be his payback season before a big move. You know, when you, when you have a good season, like he did last season, he had a very good season. And he'd clearly... Uh, been improved by Nuno and and this is the season where you go actually if you're getting the attention of the so-called big 
sides, then you have that agreement in place where you go, okay, look, give me one more season playing at that top level. Show me what you did the same last season and find open to a move. But Gareth trying Bale to force before he went to Real Madrid, basically. Yeah. Trying to force through a move after one good season is all, all well and good, but, you know, it's not like teams aren't going to be watching Wolves like we watch them. There'll be scouts watching Adama Traore and thinking, actually, it's not worth the transfer fee. But mm. also there'll be teams like Liverpool who think, hang on, but he's playing under Nuno and for Wolves, he's getting closed down straight away. But if he comes to play for us and he's got space <clears> and time yeah. and power... He could do a lot, and it's, it would just be Jota Mark too, wouldn't it? And also with the pockets of Man City, they're they're deep enough that it's better to have him as an asset than as a possible threat. Like, yeah, and another Man thing City. I want to point out as well with the Leeds link is literally Leeds' game. They're like the one of the most hardest working teams in the league, where they track everything down and never stop running. That is not Traore's game, is it? He ain't going to go into Leeds and start running yeah. round for closing everyone down. When he ain't got the ball, mate, he stood there with his hands on his hips waiting for the ball to come to him. So maybe that's another reason why he won't go there. And that's when he's playing wing back as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. And also, just quickly on Leeds, is there any other team in the league that could get battered in oh, the six and then don't get me the pundits and Twitter are still saying how great they are? I've had a tenner at 20 to 1 that they'll go down. I mean. They got voted the best promoted team. Did they not realise we came seventh the first year we come up, or are we just like not, ex- not exist? How can they be voted like, the best promoted team after and the season, season hasn't finished? Yeah. Lots of people in the north are unemployed and sit at home on Twitter all day and can <laughs> click buttons. Uh, oh, hey, we're yeah, fucking magic, can we leave? <laughs> but they did. They were vote. They thought they were the best thing ever to to come up. Mm. And yeah, brand- yeah, you know. But they thought that when they were in League One. It's better to win one nil than lose four three. Even when they lost to Liverpool, they every, lost every time. Every they lost year one nil. They Leeds. lost one nil to us. They can't be that good. Every, every time we yeah. see Leeds, every um, year it's the same. By September, they've won the league. They're in the Champions League. They've won the Premiership. They're going to tie up, you know, and they fall away. And it'll happen now as well. But to vote them as the best team that's ever come up before they've even kicked a ball in the in the season after they've come up in the in the Premier League. It's disrespectful. I'm not just saying this from a Wolves point of view, but if you look at like the team of like Reading 06 and the Sunderlands and the Newcastle teams that have come up and been really, really good, then mm-hmm. to say, oh, Leeds, you know, Leeds came up and got spanked 6-2 by Man United. So that, that's, how good's that? They scored two against Man United. It's just rubbish. <laughs> it just makes no sense. And I'm sorry, I just want it all to to end now because it would be like oh, they, they could finish 18th and they'd be like oh they're the best relegated team that's ever gone down like oh fuck off I mean they were originally I think weren't they it's probably only them in West Ham it's going to be a, be a close close fight between those two relegated sides too good to go down uh, just finally I know you're a big fan of him Bayliss Diego Costa has not signed an extension to his deal at Atletico oh. Madrid he will be available in January or a free in the summer would he, he plug the gap left by him and oh, he is one of my favourite shithouses of all time <laughs> I love him I, oh, I'd buy a shirt if we got him even for six months if we got him I love the bloke I think he's great He's a nasty, horrible piece of work that's great to have on your team and he scores goals. Please get him in. Please, Nuno. Harry? I mean, that'd be a dream, wouldn't it? I can't see it. We also linked with King as well from Bournemouth, I saw. I don't know, there'd be a lot of rumour mill, but Josh obviously King. Costa's the one, and he? If we yeah. got him, man, like Bailey said, that'd be amazing. Jack, would you have him? Can't see it, but yeah, I totally agree. I'd absolutely love it. Give us something a bit different, particularly when he's, he'd obviously have to work and play on his own up there. 
it's just not the type of player we sign. It's going to be big money, big wages, short term. And everybody knows we need a striker now. So that's going to make it even harder for us to get him in the transfer market. But we also need a, we need a midfielder as well, man. Like if we were getting actually... bargains in the summer, though, weren't we? 35 million for the 18-year-old <laughs> silver and uh, <laughs> same for Samedo at 28. Yeah. Uh, really, really put the boom. 75 million for a 14-year-old will be the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, perfect. Right, okay. Uh, well, we will leave that there. We'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Have a very nice, happy Christmas, everyone, and see ya. <laughs> God, was that rehearsed? <laughs> I don't know what that was, to be honest. I just, uh, felt uh, and uh, Dan Bayliss. Merry Christmas, Wolves fans. Jack Williams. Yeah, hope you all have as lovely a Christmas as possible during the circumstances. And um, also, when are we going to speak to these people again, Sam? What's the plan? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, I think we're just going to keep it as, as much the same as we can. Cool. Um, yeah, so we said it all ended in tears, and it certainly has. So it's a goodbye <laughs> for me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.